Welcome to Dance Talks. Today is May 16, 2020, and my guest is Dwight Baxter. Dwight is the Artistic Director of the People's Family Workshop. Dwight, welcome to Dance Talks. Well, thank you. I like thank you, Andrea. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dwight, you have an amazing story. Would you please take it from the top and tell us about your life? My life? My life as a performing artist? Is when we're going, okay. Well, I'm old-fashioned, okay? (laughs) I believe in learning the basics first so that you can compete on an international level by learning the basics and being able to apply them at any audition or concert or event or whatever you're trying to do in in the world of performing arts. And uh, just speaking in my life, uh, I started off at the high school performing arts and um, in getting an interest in the arts. And when it first started back in 1970, I'm going to say 72. And um, so that's, that, that's it in a nutshell with me right there, you know, having the basics and the understanding that you got to have a foundation. And that foundation starts, of course, with what class? And that class gives you an opportunity to learn. And what I'm speaking for me particularly is in the world of dance. Um, I think every dancer should have that opportunity to learn how to dance because it's a formality. You know, you just don't give up and dance. Yes, you can dance. You have the talent to dance, but you can improve that talent and enhance it and make it better by just having the fundamentals of class, working with other dancers, um, learning from other dancers, learning from the instructors, from the artistic directors on how to dance because there's more than just the dance. You know, you, you can dance, you can do the step, or you can sing, you can, but what makes you better than the other person? And what makes you better than the other person is the fact that you tied, you decide to take it just a step further, having that spiritual feeling inside you that I really want to do it. Because dance is a very interesting thing. you, you got to really want to do it because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, a lot of stretching. Point your feet, flex your feet. And all that takes a whole, and it takes, it's, it's, it's almost a good 10-year itch, like going to medical school, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so that you're able to, you know, to go to an audition and get that job because you want that job, you know. What what makes the artistic director or ballet master one or the company owner one who want to pick you amongst 500 people? You know, I, I make that example very strongly because, like for me, working on Broadway a lot, uh, since the, since 1974, we've had, I've had to go up against people who look like me, dance like me. But what do I have that's going to make the director or the choreographer say, "Okay, I want that person," and that's the spirit and that's the gift that God gives you that says, "I just want to dance like this." Some people just can naturally sing, but they take it a step further by taking singing classes, vocal classes, and so it makes it more more appealing to the director choreographer and. Uh, and within my career, just to talk about it a little bit, uh, I started in 1974 and uh, with a show called Tremonition, which was actually launched by Houston Grand Opera under the leadership of David Gockley. And it's an uh, operetta uh, about Scott Joplin, a musical called Tremonition. And Dr. Schuler and David, it was David uh, Caruso. Oh, I don't know, it's not Caruso. Anyway, anyway Mr. Caruso, he was the director. I think it's Sam Cruz. Anyway, uh, he got us an opportunity to, to be in the show, you know, and then from there we just went to Broadway. And in the leadership of Neil Newton, James, Jimmy Newton, Landon, James Newton, Landon, and other uh, 
Broadway producers. And we ran for a good while in New York at the oh, at the Palace Theater. No, the Eurus Theater. Then we moved to the Palace Theater. The Eurus Theater now is the Gershwin Theater. And as you know, the Palace is back up again. We went to Palace Theater where Judy Garland did a great, fame performance. But anyway, long and short, uh, from there I just went from show to show as you, as you, as you can with, as a Broadway gypsy. And then I decided to join a ballet company. So I went to take classes at Dance Theater in Harlem and the leadership of Mr. Arthur Mitchell, late Arthur Mitchell, Mr. Carl Schutt. And so there, yeah, I learned how to just apply my technique a lot better. And so that gave me a little advance on how to, how to do the other person in an audition, <laughs> okay? Because there's, there's, there's no shortcuts, but there's a shortcut in learning how to develop yourself so that you can expand. And what I mean by that is that shortcut of spirit, okay, where spirit just takes you through a shortcut and takes you through a long cut, and then you're able to stay, stabilize yourself throughout any audition. And, and again, like I said, I um, went from show to show, as Shirley McLean called it, the Broadway Gypsy. And getting mm-hmm. back to my DTH days, I was for four years with the ballet company, uh, which was one of the first, which was one of the first African American classical ballet companies that Arthur Mitchell formed in 1968. I was with him in 1975. And as I was doing the Broadway show, I was also, go, you know, uh, going to class and working with the company as well as going going to college, Purchase University, and uh, Purchase College up in Westchester, which is a performing arts college uh, under the leadership of the Vanderbilt Rockefeller Foundation. And the uh, same as the Juilliard, but it was the second next to Juilliard. So I consider myself fortunate in a way that I had a lot had opportunity to learn from the from the genuine basics, you know, of understanding what it's all about. Working with Royce Fernandez, who's a principal dancer of the Valley, American Ballet Theater, William Glass, and Rosanna Cervelli, Cynthia, um, was it Cynthia? God, her name Cynthia. I can't think of her last name. I'm getting old. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I really, I really, really enjoyed those times because those were, those were our teachers. Okay. And we better to learn from the actual, like, Ted Kivitt and those people of American, of, of American Ballet Theater. Even Dan Theater, probably learned from Arthur Mitchell and Carl Shook, who was what Mr. George Valentine, the father, the, the father of, of classical ballet, learning from him, you know. Even uh, we've had some great Houston people, too, like James Clouser, Eugene Collins, you know. Uh, those were great people to learn from. And those were our teachers that we were at HSCBA, Clouser and, and Eugene Collins. And they were part of Eastern Valley, the basic. So anyway, I've had to kind of up and down until I said, okay, this is what I really want to do. Because I found out you can make a lot of money for a Broadway show. They were going to dance company. And so, of course, I joined the different unions, the Magma and Equity, AEA. Um, so I've been, I've really been doing this a long time. Anyway, um, I found out that when I sat down and looked at it, I said, this is my career. I said, God, I've been doing this for 45 years. Mm. Wow, it's a long time. Mm-hmm. So, and you really don't realize that until you, because you're always talking to your peers of your own age group. You know, I'm 65 now. So I understand what it really takes. I really do understand what it really takes to become someone that can really gain the knowledge and understand that this is what it takes to be a dancer. Dancer. Now, I love the dancers of today. Some of them like a lot of shortcuts, but to me, there are no, no, no shortcuts. You got to learn. You got to learn because there's, there's no other way but to learn, but just learning with the foundation, which is classical ballet. 
And um, I've done soap operas. I did a soap opera called One Life to Live for a long time. Did quite a few movies. Uh, worked with Lester Wilson, who else? And Michael Peters, who did the big Michael Jackson choreography for Beat It and Thriller and all that. And Lester did Saturday Night Fever and Vibram and Avid Johnson also. And so with those films I did with them were uh, The Wiz. That's with Louis Johnson. Excuse me. He's another great choreographer. But actually started us with Tremonition. And um, when he's passed on to, and the names that I've mentioned, Louis Johnson, uh, Lester Wilson, Michael Peter, they've all passed on. The only two one left there is Mr. George Fathom. And of course, Bob Fosse passed on. I work with Mr. Fosse a lot. So I've had a pretty strong career in the world of dance and taking it to a step further because working with them, you learn how to be a director, you learn how to be a producer, how to put together a show because that's what it takes. So within that experience time, I have really learned. I've heard, I've seen the ups. And I've seen the downs. And I've seen when the producer walks out on stage and says, we're closed. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, okay, what do you do? What do you do? The show is closed. Oh, my God. We're in Washington, D.C. The show is closed at the National Theater. Oh, well, go collect your unemployment. Roll up a gypsy Broadway dancer. You go back to class. You hang in there with those same troopers who are trying to do the same thing as you. And that's what makes it so great about being in show business because it gives you an opportunity to get the same feeling and the same audience of the other dancers. Because when that energy comes together, especially in an audition, oh, man, it's powerful. It's powerful, you know. And uh, there's just a feeling for even, you know, going through a scene, an acting scene, or even going through a musical number, it's just really powerful. Because when the energy comes together, it's magic. And that's and, and the, the, no other way to explain it. Because the audience is thrown away by it. Because you know what? You gave it your all. You gave it your best. And that's what I love about a teacher I had back in Houston named Patsy Swayze. i never forget we were at a convention in Southwest Regional Ballet Festival Convention. That was the first time I've seen black men off the mention of the ballet, okay? I, oh. I didn't think that existed, you know. But I met him and said, hey, listen, why don't you guys come up to New York? Because myself, Dwayne Phelps, obviously called Ricky Odoms, and Bobby Walker. We were all together working with Patsy Swayze, some jazz back. And the action, and we were the only black kids then. Okay, I was in Southwest Regional Ballet Festival. Okay, and this was back in 1973. Okay, so wow. we had an opportunity to see. Wow, you know this could work. We can get a career out of this because I was an idol of Sammy Davis Jr. I love Sammy Davis Jr. I told my dad, I want to be like that. I can be like that now, you know. <laughs> and so I'm saying, I was so mad about dance. I used to catch the bus in my tights. <laughs> in my tights, okay? Because I want to be a dancer so bad. You know, yeah. all the kids like, you know, why are you playing basketball? Are you, hey, what's wrong? Are you a fairy or something? No, nothing like that at all. I wanted to dance. I wanted mm-hmm. to be in theater. I wanted so bad. I did. And I did. And I'm still doing it today. And I enjoyed it. That's why I can actually kind of look at a production and say, okay, it's okay. Oh, it's great, you know. But I can tell what needed, what's needed and what's not needed. I can talk to the dancer and say, this is what you got to do. You really want to make it, you know, because mm-hmm. I've been there. And when you've been there, you can speak on it. And that's why I said I'm old-fashioned. Got to start the basics. I, I love the break dancers. I love all the crews. But you know what? You can take it a step further. We did that in a movie called Beach Street with Lester Wilson. We took break dancing and all that in New York City. I met all those guys. New York City breakers, all those people, you know, yeah. crazy legs. I, I knew them all, the Bronx, all that stuff. 
but say you can, okay, spit on your head, okay, great. Now let's let's see, spit on your head, then turn around and feel double feel wet. Okay? So that's what you wanna do. And so in order to pieces that, you had to find a way to meet them on their own level. So that they would understand that, hey, if I did do this, even though my muscles are pretty strong, I'm a strong guy, I can do even more. My chest could be higher. In order to learn that, guess what? You gotta go to class. So that's what it is about me, Dwight Baxter. Being in the world of the performing arts. I love theater. I'm a, I'm an advocate about the performing arts. I love opera, you know, I love paintings, I love I'm just an advocate for the arts, okay? And I, I find that being in Houston sometimes can be stifling because when you have that birth of any like coming from New York, because I lived in New York almost for almost forty years, you know. And uh so when you have that kind of energy that's all inside you wanna bring it out. You want that, that other young dancer who may be 22, 23, or 17, this is what you got to do. Yeah. Because I, I think today's dancers, as far as my, what I see from a lot of men who dance with females, I think the men try to dance with women. <laughs> and, so my thing, hey, fellas, you're supposed to make them look beautiful. You know, uh-huh. that's why it's called a pot of doom. Uh-huh. You know, that's why it is the way it is. You're going to have your moment on stage. You're going to have your moment where you can do your tricks and all that stuff. But your job is to partner your lady, you know. You know, make her look good. That's your job. That's your job. Especially if, if you're doing a wonderful part of it, like Luca said, or you're doing Puss in Boots, you know, um, or you're doing something from Sleeping Beauty, you know, the uh, balcony scene. That's your job, you know, as a male dancer. I don't speak to about male dancers, you know. Everybody got their own ways and how they can do it, but the job is to make the woman look good, you know, because she's the prima ballerina, mm-hmm. okay? And you are the prima danseur. So prima danseur makes, makes a queen look like a queen. So that's me right there. That's the white backs, you know, and uh, in the world of theater and the farming arts and how I feel about, you know, I'm working on a couple productions right now. And um, so just with, with this um, coronavirus situation, of course, things are kind of slow spill. But I still move forward. I try, I try to be creative. So I work in, work in the areas of, of, of as a producer, as a director with other projects now. And I just love it. That's why being an artistic director with the People's Family Workshop gives me that kind of exploring opportunity of, with Dr. Harris, uh, who's the founder of it, which people like Beyonce came from them. Sebi and Glover came from the People's Family Workshop. Yolanda mm-hmm. Adams came from the People's Family Workshop. There's so much that when they started, because it was hosted by Ben Vereen for years. And so that was something that, that was needed in the city of Houston, you know, to explore their talent. Even though, because some of these kids will never get that opportunity. But I see these little young girls and young guys, and hey, you know, and I see them go to class, just keep it up. You're going to mm-hmm. win. You never know till you get till you get to that audition, and if you don't get it, you go to the next one. Because sooner or later, you will get the job, and that's going to give you the impetus that I can really do this. I'm just that good. Yeah, just that good. I hope I didn't go too far. <laughs> no, that was a great overview. I think you've really caught everybody up. So I I appreciate the backstory. I wanted to kind of go back to the beginning. Did you really start dancing at? High school for the performing and visual arts, or were you yes, already in yes, class as like, no. a younger? No, no, no. no. I was going to ATS PBA. Now, yeah. 
near the, but, but prior to that, let me just let me take you back a little. There was a place called Bowie Studio. The lady's name was Sally Daniels. Uh, she was teaching ballet and dance, so she wanted some guys to come in. So we did a little piece called Sauce of Apprentice. I just jumped up and down like I'm playing basketball. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you're an eight, ten year old kid. Jump up and down. Yeah, you jump up and take this one and, turn, and light the candle. <laughs> okay. That's all you did. Yeah. But that was the recital days. You know, I know what okay. I was doing. But yeah. it wasn't until I went to HSCBA. Gotcha. When we, there was a TV show called Room 222. And uh, I used to think that we were Room 222. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> we have an opportunity to be on TV one day. And that's what Ruth Denny installed and instilled in all of us, uh-huh. who was the founder of HSTVA. She instilled it in all of us. And she's a good pioneer for the world for the, for the world theater here in the city of Houston. And actually, all over Texas, all over the world. Because she inspired Tommy Toon, Sarah Fox, so many great people, you know. And uh, she, I think she was a teacher at Lamar University, uh, de- a theater teacher there. And then she started the high school with all the arts. But, uh, again, you know, I, I just have to just say the basics, you know, and starting with HSCB, that's what I really, that's what I wanted. First I was in theater, and I thought, okay, let me try dance. And I thought, okay, that's what I want to be, in dance. I see. When you say that you worked on Thriller and beat it, like what? What was your role? What did you? But I was a dancer. I, I, I was a dancer. I was just a dancer. I was a dancer because Michael Peters was the choreographer. Uh, I also did a lot of the videos. I, I did a lot of stuff with Shaka Khan. The rock group called the Tubes. Um, that's when vi- the videos videos was a, was a thing. You know, MTV days. Uh, oh Hall yeah. And Oates. Yeah, Holland Oates. I mean, I did a lot, a lot of music videos because they found that dance was a key factor in in actually in the choreography that the artist is needed, you know, to make the, the, the video more appealing as opposed to just something singing a song. Mm-hmm. So you put, you put a little dance section, it could be a minute, it could be less than that. But uh, again, you know, that, that's, that's what happened, that, that happened for me, even with the Wiz movie, uh, working with Michael. Uh, it's, it's just, it was good for me. It was good for me. What was that like? What was it like? Yeah. <laughs> that was a heart filler. Because here you're working with an icon of pop music, he's playing the scarecrow, you know, and when he was kind of working his way around. But I had to also another opportunity to work with him on the Motown 25 with Lester Wilson and Michael, as you know, the Jacksons did another appearance on them, and Michael did his thing, the big new moonwalk. Uh, but I'm going to say that um, working with Michael Jackson is just, Something else. I've had a lot of friends who work with him even closer closer to him than I am, and it's just he's just a phenomenal guy. <laughs> I could say yeah. he's just phenomenal. You know, he's just another <laughs> talented kid that that takes it to the next level. Yeah. You know, and takes it to the next. And Michael was the kind of performer that wanted to just perform, and that's I mean that spirit. I just want to perform. You know, I want to give it to the audience. This is what they paid for. I'm gonna give it to you. Yeah. Uh, did he make a big impact on you, or were you guys kind of already? Oh yeah. Well, well, I guess our birthdays are close. Yeah. <laughs> our birthdays, but yeah, he made a great impact. And, and to this day, there's one step that he he would do. He got there from the Wiz rehearsal because we always do this uh, step, 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 step in, within the beat of the of the syncopation. 
that he put in uh, a lot of his videos, you know. And uh, we just kind of made it up <laughs> at, at the rehearsal <laughs> at the St. George Hotel. And Michael picked up on it, you know. Nice. So, yeah, it does it on Skeleton Crew Days with Lewis was set in the crowd with Quincy Jones and Sidney Lament. So, yeah, that was in those days. So anybody from that era or from that time period, I think that was the greatest moment for dancers was the Wiz movie because there were so many. But mm-hmm. that, was a, that was a time when the dancers became out of the SEG contract, which was screen extras gear into the SAG contract. Screen Actors Guild was a great union move for all dancers to be when they were in a film, you know, because they were getting low pay. And one day, the models were there, and we were doing the, the Emerald City scene, and we were in rehearsal, and we found out how much they were making. We were in rehearsal eight hours a day, and they come for two hours, and we're only getting this. Okay, we got to go on strike. <laughs> wow. So we went on strike. We yep. actually went on strike. And we had meetings in my apartment, 736 Western Avenue, apartment 12C. And uh, Kiki Shepard, I remember, I, listen, I was there. I was, I was in that film. <laughs> so Kiki Shepard uh, uh, and myself and a bunch of us, Smokey Ron, Smokey Stevens, a lot of great dancers, you know. Uh, we were Valerie Pettiford, who's on TV today, you know. Uh, we were all there to, to get us out of the SEG country, to the SAG country, because we were dancers. Mm-hmm. We were the Fosse dancers. We were the Lester Wilson dancers. You know, we were the Joe Layton dancers. You know, you know, we we, we were dancers. You know, we were we came from a strong classical ballet background. I don't care if you were with Harkness Ballet, Joffrey Ballet, or Dance Theater Hall, or it's a New York City Ballet, or Ballet Theater. We were dancers. We trained for that, and so we felt we deserved it. You know, we were very intelligent. Yes, a lot of us had a lot of nice college background, but we wanted to dance. We wanted to show the world we can do this. And even some of us went to Europe and did it. You know, a lot of European, European, young European dancers came to New York to be in the film, you know. So it was like a great, great just meeting and meeting of the minds of dancers. May they be from Europe or whatever part of the world, right there in New York City, at St. George Hotel in Brooklyn, New York. Louise. And what happened with the strike? Oh, the strike? Oh, we got, oh, what else would happen? We won. <laughs> we won. <laughs> We put uh-huh. an SAG contract to an SAG contract for dancers. That's why today you'll see, it'll say for three to three to five dancers, you get this pay. For six to ten dancers, you get this pay. You'll see the scale. You can go to it today and you'll see it. That's why we get residual checks today. And it was so important because Juliet Signius, who was one of the uh, early ballerinas uh, back in the day with Austin Mitchell, said, you kids are going to appreciate this because – we did the same thing. They did it for the movie with James Earl Jones when he played the boxer. That's the name of the film. And how they had to fight for the same thing. Even for the movie Pearly Victorious that Cleveland Little played in uh, with Melvin Moore, you know, and Sherman Hensley, they did the same thing. Lewis Johnson Curry got that as well. But, again, we won and we made it happen. And now the dancers, I know every dancer today can thank us for that. Back in 1978, okay, <laughs> Wow, that's a long ago. Guy, we got it done. We stuck together, you know. And that's the one thing about dancers and people of the arts. You got to stick together. You got to stick together, you know, and uh, to make it happen. Because if you don't, you got you, you can't be an individual. And that's what I'm saying. When when you're on stage for the female, make her look pretty. You can't just think about yourself. There's someone else on stage. Are you a, are you an ensemble? Got to think about yourself. You know. So yeah, that that's it. Yeah. For our listeners who haven't seen you yet, 
Mm-hmm. How would you describe your personal style? My personal style? <laughs> mm-hmm. My personal style is being from the beginning, the basics, and taking it to another level, adding my own uh, flair of what the choreography is. But if uh-huh. you're supposed to dance together, you dance together as a ensemble. But if you, but as a style of dancer, you know, I, I'm just like I, most the classical ballet dancers or maybe dancer tap dance. I just want to entertain the audience. I'm gonna make sure they entertain. That's my job. That's my job. Is entertain you. Like the song, let me entertain you. Let me make you smile. So <laughs> that's what it's all about, and that's my style. You know. I don't, I do what the choreographer says. I just add a little flair to it because that's why the choreographer adds, asks him to do the job because he knows I can take his choreography to another level. And the only cool. way to do that, you got to be disciplined and know your crowd. Mm-hmm. And um, how can people see you? Do you have a... Oh, well, I mean, you, you can go on, uh, let's see, well, uh, there's a YouTube thing on me when I was with the Dance Theater in Harlem uh, about my career, um, uh, Maggie, I can't think of she's with Eastern Class. I did a big article on me in Zest Magazine. Oh, yeah. But there's a um, uh, YouTube video about Dwight Baxter with the Dance Theater of Harlem. And it's about 40 Years of First. The 40 Years of First is an exhibit of the Dance Theater of Harlem when it first started from the days of Princess 1968. And uh, how Arthur Mitchell overcome adversity with a lot of people saying that we can't do this. He did it. He did. Mm-hmm. He proved that African Americans can work as classical belly dancers. Right. I'll put a link to that in the notes. All right. So, what's on your horizon? Well, right now I'm working on a new musical out of the Dallas, Texas. It's a gospel musical theater stage play. It's a gospel musical theater production called um, Soul Purpose, where every it's where there are these five women who all have a purpose. Everyone has a purpose in life, and their soul purpose. And I'm doing that right now as the uh, consultant to the director. And it's rewarding because uh, they hired me to and to keep me on to help them with the, with the production because they took the walks of life of female women and brought it into millennial time and used a gospel or a spiritual overtone and where there's no cursing, nothing like that, but beautiful dancing, and wonderful singing, and right now we kind of we're recasting where we Bobby C.C. Wining in the production, uh, Bobby C.C. Wining with Eric Atkins Campbell from Mary Mary, uh, uh, let's see what's had, and so those are kind of people we're looking for. I mean, we'd love to have Michelle on the Adams, but working in that direction uh, just to bring some star-studded marquee talent to the show. The show has already been done here in Houston at the Woods at the World Theater in, in Dallas, Texas, at the, uh, at the at the convention center there in Dallas, uh, at the T-Ball Academy. And so we're working on a tour based on this virus that we can probably start up in, I mean, November, you know. Uh, but, you know, when there's, there's a lot of things going on. So we're writing in a pre-production stage, revisiting the set design, revisiting the book, so that it's even better because it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful musical and that kind of travels like a sitcom. Well, it's funny. It's actually funny thing, having some good gospel comedians in the show. And so that's what I'm doing right now. And my script. And so what's the that, show in Dallas called again? Soul Purpose. Soul right. Purpose. Yeah, it was, it was done at the uh, Worthing Center uh, just recently. Sold out. Uh, so but it was a great musical. It's a great musical. It's not your typical gospel stage. Like, no, it's nothing like that. 
this is real life that they're portraying on stage, you know. Where, you know, if Federico Fellini says the art imitates life, well, this is real life here, where these women, these African men, women, and then there's, uh, there's two, uh, well, let's say mixed cast, you know, mixed cast because there's Hispanics as well as um, Anglos in the show. And so it's just phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So that every soul has a purpose. Like you have a purpose. Your soul has a purpose. You have a podcast. Okay, so <laughs> so that's your sole purpose, you know, one of your sole purposes. But we take that, what women go through, you know, even with the men. I mean, they're, they're men in the show, but the men take a back seat. And there hasn't been something of that nature since for colored girls who consider suicide. But the rainbow was not enough. By Itaka Shane Gay, uh, which ran on, ran on Broadway under the Dover Pat leadership. And so, uh, but this, this, this modern-day musical reminds me of a... Um, Living color, funniness, and waiting to exhale, dramatization with music and gospel and uh, spiritual overtone. That's what it reminds me of. It, really, it has that flavor too, and the set set is just wonderful. I mean, it's a remarkable, remarkable production. Something to look out for in 2021. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate your time, Dwight. Will you tell us your personal motto? <laughs> My personal motto, stay faithful. Thank you. My guest today is Dwight Baxter. Dwight, thank you for being a part of Dance Talk. Thank you.